This is GoPowerCat.com publisher Tim Fitzgerald. Thank you for listening to this PowerCat podcast. Make sure you never miss an episode of the PowerCat podcast by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast network. And if you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming a subscriber to GoPowerCat.com. We cover the Wildcats like no one else with our VIP customers enjoying one-of-a-kind coverage from our team of professional journalists. And sign up today for an annual subscription to GPC and grab a 30% discount on your first year. And now here's the PowerCat Podcast. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Insiders Podcast, presented by Commerce Bank, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC Gig-Powered Studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the first ever PowerCat Insiders Podcast, brought to you by Commerce Bank. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com, and every week I will be joined by Matt Walters from the K-State Radio Network. What's the fancy name for that? K-State Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Yeah, I won't remember that. Ryan Black, (laughs) (laughs) sports editor of the Manhattan Mercury, and of course, Kellis Robinette, who writes for every paper in America. Actually, in the world, in the in the world, <laughs> <laughs> he's technically the Wichita Eagle and also the Kansas City Star. This is the crew when we're all together. This is the crew. And then there'll be other people when you know Ryan has a head cold. It, it might happen, or someone sits out. Sinus infection. Sinus infection. We're brought to you by Commerce Bank. We're in the WTC Gig Powered Studios. You know we have reeds now. Reeds just kill me. I now understand why, Matt, when you do radio, when you do the pregame show on the network, you've got a stack of cards so you don't get lost. And you don't, like, as even long though as somebody's handing them to me. Someone asked me, why does it say the WTC Gig Pirate Studios right there so I can just kind of look over when my brain locks up, even though I've said it a thousand times? But we're brought to you by Commerce. Life is full of moments, big and small. Commerce Bank has the technology and the people to help with whatever financial challenges come your way. Commerce Bank, challenge accepted. When we sat down here, the guys are like, what, what are we going to do? And I go, no, I don't know. We're just going to talk. guys." I thought we'd have a, a depth chart by now, Kellis. I wanted a depth chart on Monday. I feel like Bill Snyder's back. <laughs> uh, I bet we still get one by the end of the day, unfortunately. Not at 115. Yeah, it will happen while we're all in this room together, and Riley will scoop us. It's very possible. (laughs) Well, uh, on the plus side, there's not a whole lot to scoop on this year's depth chart. No. That's true. It's a good point. When we sat down to predict it, it's like, you know. Another beat writer, I will not name him, uh, was scurrying around all this week trying to build a depth chart. And like, really, does it take that? I mean, can we figure this out here? The coaches have basically told you. I, I get the sense I know who you're probably talking about. He carries around a notebook. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love him to death, by the way. Might I do too. Name. I do too. He's a wonderful soul. There might be a couple of surprises as the season goes along, but mm-hmm. right now I think it's it's pretty well set. I mean, when, but what's when, when be... backup QB is the most compelling yeah. position battle, it's. I think or... the most interesting thing is going to be is just how many people play. Mm-hmm. Because we're we're not accustomed to seeing 
freshmen step on the field, there's going to be a number of those starting on Saturday. Yeah. The rotation really is what's going to be interesting. I, I understand maybe one of the defensive tackles will be a curiosity, but they're going to play the same amount. But from talking to the coaches, Coach Tuyasasopo, and then this guy and this guy, and I'm like, that's six defensive tackles. I refuse to believe you're going to rotate six guys. That sounds great to motivate the players, but, Ryan, that's not going to happen. You can't do that. Well, I mean, but I will say this, Fitz. I think that it's a lot more practical than playing all the guys on offensive line because, you know, defensive line, you just constantly want right. you know, many, as many fresh bodies as you can. Uh, whereas offensive line, I mean, I'm fascinated to see if they actually end up playing as many players as they're, they're saying, you know, oh, at least shuffle. six, seven, or maybe eight. And that's just something that's so foreign to me because you guys know – you know, more than any other unit on a team, you've got to be a cohesive unit working as one. So the fact that they might be rotating guys out every drive, I'm not sure exactly how the system's going to work, but I'm going to be fascinated to watch how Connor Riley handles that group. As an offensive line goes, Matt, I mean, you kind of build up a cadence and rhythm, mm -hmm. particularly with a running offense like mm -hmm. this will be. It just seems it does seem odd, foreign to me to think you're going to pull this guy out, put this guy in, move this guy over, move this guy out. You know, it's just it just seems like do you ever settle in in the course of a game and really get your running game grinding? I think the one thing that may be the same from years past is guys will learn different positions. I think you have to do that. Mm -hmm. But I still believe that when we get to, if not Mississippi State, when you get to the Big 12, everybody wants to have, if you're an offensive line coach, you want to have seven mm -hmm. guys and if you somehow get to eight or nine or maybe ten, great. But I think by the time we get to late September and it's Big 12 conference season, you're pretty much going to see seven guys. The the position battle that's gone on that is out in front of everybody is Curl and Revis. And that's the one I think you, yeah. you watch the most on Saturday. But there are a couple other guys that we've heard about. Noah Johnson. You know, Leviston could be in there at some point. If if he could, I bet Connor Riley would like to play 10 guys Crazy. on Saturday, but we'll see if that actually happens or uh, not. they got to get away from him. You know, that's yeah. that's the key. That's one of the things that stopped happening under Coach Snyder. He he always was a mystery to me, Kellis, because he wanted to get a big lead so he could play everyone, but then he wouldn't call the game in a way to get a big lead. Right. He would be so conservative, right. you just kind of – it's like, Coach, you're not going to blow a team out by running the same play over and over. But this has been so foreign to all of us who have covered K-State for a while. We're not sitting here. I mean, we're analyzing things. We're giving our opinions. But a lot of it's based because we've been told this by coaches in a press conference, assistant coaches, coordinators, players. We have so much information. I feel like at times we're drowning, but it's awesome. Open practices. Yeah, it's been fantastic. It's it's probably you have to do content every day, so it's got to be great. I mean, you you are on it every day. That and means he's got to work every day. I know, I know, it's tough. <laughs> but I mean, but well, you, you're you doing can't more play golf every day. You're doing more than one thing, and and you know you're a one man show. So this has got to be awesome. Here's another press conference. Here's another opportunity. And Thursday, you're going to have coordinators. Well, it, it's nice in the fact that this has been the first year where there's been stuff I wanted to write that I couldn't actually get to. You know, it's I've, true. I've never had that before in my life where there's been things where I say, you know what, this will just have to be a tweet. You know, I can't really devote 400 words to it. So that that's been interesting, and it's it's nice because I actually feel like I know what to expect a little bit going into this first game. In the years past, it was like. You know, I don't really know what to expect out of half these positions. Now it's we're talking about, ooh, uh, who's the seventh offensive lineman going to be? Who's the fifth defensive tackle going to be? Um, so, yeah, very different, but 
exciting all in the same same sense. Is Skylar Thompson ready to take that step? He, he can't be Skylar Thompson of last year, certainly. But even when he was good for moments last year, that has to be almost his baseline, doesn't it, Matt? He's got to be good. I think he will be, and I think without a doubt he's he's ready to become Skylar Thompson. I think the the parting of who appears to be TCU's starting quarterback, Alex Delton, uh, even though they got along well, you know, Skyler talked about how they were friends. I think when Alex pulled up his stakes and headed to El Paso and then to Fort Worth, I, I think that um, I think that freed him up, and he, he appears to be a, a totally different quarterback. Yeah, and he's a totally different young man, isn't he, Ryan? It's amazing the transformation he's taken. Well, the thing that I, I love so much about Skyler, just uh, when when you get to talk to him, is I feel like of any quarterback I've ever had the chance to interview he just seems so open and, and willing to say what he really thinks and I think it's just with the way things are now in, in, in our industry you just have so many players who are coached on what to say and and he just really seems to speak from the heart and I think it shows and I think people in our you know from what we're doing appreciate it and I think it's his teammates appreciate it they see how much he cares they see how much that affected him last year kind of going through that just back and forth with Alex and I think that certainly has kind of helped him now feel so much comfortable being that unquestioned guy at you know the quarterback spot. Kellis, we ask questions, players in particular, and we get answers. It's it's yeah. a bizarre world. Novel, right? Yeah. Well, with with Thompson, the thing I found interesting, I actually looked this up the other day, is that um, he just he's never really responded all that good to having somebody breathing down his neck. You know, even whether it was legitimate or not that he was you know being pulled or whatever if you kind of go back and look at the games where even as a freshman where he was inserted and there was no other backup his numbers were quite a bit better than say the cactus bowl where alex delton was there and able to come in that was one of his worst games whereas before he played that he he was really good and i I think i broke it down it was something like when he's been the only real option there's nobody pushing him his uh completion percentage rose by like eight points through for almost like 70 more yards a game now obviously some of that is a little slanted because he had the tcu game last year where he was knocked out in one series and they pulled him real fast in the cactus bowl so he couldn't put up many stats in those games regardless but it does just show you that when he goes out there and he plays like iowa state last year and delton isn't even i don't even think he was dressed for that game but you knew he was going to play anyways. He comes out and throws three TDs. They let his best receiver be on the field, and they build some relationships. So I think he's definitely ready to take the next leap. My question is just what's everybody else going to bring around him, you know? That's, that's the question. such a mystery. Yeah. Can the other guys around him help elevate his play? The, oh, wide, yeah. the wide receivers, the running backs, everybody. For me, it starts with that offensive line, and that's the biggest advantage this coaching staff has. They inherited not only an experienced offensive line, they they inherited an offensive line that that's accustomed to doing the things they want done. It's not like you're teaching the Texas Tech offensive line run blocking. I mean, that's a foreign concept. They're, they do a little bit of it, but for the most part, it's a three-second hold a block, and you're done. They don't even have to worry about beyond that. So that's a whole different complexity. Kleiman walks into a situation where the team has been coached and being physical and running, being cohesive as an offensive line. Uh, and so the culture's already there. Now, the culture's different. The approach is different. The schemes are different. And some of the fundamentals are different. But the mentality's the same. But if Skylar Thompson wants to be good, Matt, they, they got to have – running back committee can work, but someone's got to be the guy. I'm sorry. 
you can have members of your committee, but someone has to say, I'm the guy. Who is it? Yeah. And that's exa- that's what I'm going to be interested in seeing is how does this manifest itself? And we know that the three guys that will play, the, the two transfers and, and Harry Trotter. Uh, but who else will play? Will a freshman play? Uh, almost guarantee you're going to see Irvin. Yeah. Yeah. He's Ir- Irvin will play. Irvin's the one guy that's a, that is a freshman at running back. He's ready right now. He may not be the guy that leads the team or second or third in carries. He's going to be out there, though. What's What's fascinating to me is I'm imagining James Gilbert will be the starter just because he's the most seasoned of the bunch. And he got here been, in the spring. Got here in the spring, exactly. But Jordan Brown has that extra thing. And I don't know if you guys, but people have told me that. He's, you can just see there's something different. And Irvin. I feel like if one running back erupts, it's going to be Brown or Irvin. I mean, Gilbert's kind of a known commodity. I think Trotter has a limit, but... Would you, he's wearing his number. That's not why I'm asking. But would you compare Gilbert to Alex Barnes? No. Not, no, no, not as physical. I think he's going to be a little more shifty. Is uh, he going to run away from people? Probably not. Did Alex Barnes? Probably not. He can, you know, but, uh, you know, I have to be a linebacker. Uh, what I'm saying is, if you're, it, when you think of a guy who, quote, runs away from someone, it doesn't matter if you're playing Nickel State, Bowling Green, Texas. You get him into the secondary, good luck catching him. Because it really hasn't had that guy running back for, you know, a lot oh, well. of times. It's, and I don't know his numbers off the top of my head, but but I don't think Gilbert's the beast in the weight room that Alex Barnes was, especially no. at the end of last no, year when he's putting up just ridiculous numbers. But what I meant by that question was is – Will Gilbert give this year's K-State team what Alex Barnes gave K-State in years past? That's a is, valid is he, question. Is he going to be the guy that leads the team in rushing touchdowns? Is he going to lead the team in rushing yards? You know, what all is in his basket that he's going to give this team? I, I don't know, Kellis, what your thoughts are. I would guess over the first two games, he'll probably have the most carries. Yeah, I'd say he probably leads the way in carries. I don't think you're going to see a drastic separation from anybody, though. Like it, I think they're all going to. I think a couple guys will end up around 100 carries. I don't think anybody's going to have 50 more than anybody else. It's certainly not going to be like last year where Alex Barnes had 200 plus over Dalvin Warmack. And then nobody, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think you're going to see 40 percent, 30 percent, 20 percent, 10 percent. Yeah, and I, I just don't think any of them right now. Are you know good enough to separate that much? If 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 anybody is, I think it's Brown, especially because you can use him in the passing game. Yeah, that, that's what I was gonna say. Is I think you were talking about uh, Fitz, just maybe what he has that extra kind of element. Is he is a more proven pass catcher out of the backfield? And you know, Gilbert said he can he can do it, but it's not something he's really asked to do a lot at Ball State. And so I like I definitely think, given how much that the running backs themselves and running backs coach Brian Anderson have mentioned you have to be a threat out of the backfield to catch the ball. I think that would give Brown the leg up, at least in that area. I would agree. And I, well, and it was interesting too, if you watched him at North Dakota state last year, it seemed like every quarter, a new running back would come in and give him something completely different. Mm. You're like, Whoa, what happened to that other guy? Who is this? Um, and like you said, you know, running back by committee is not the most popular thing in the world, but they did make it work last year. It was kind of incredible that every quarter it was a new guy coming in, running all over people. Uh, I don't know if they'll have quite that at this level right away, but that, that, that'll that be their goal. And, and, Matt, to your point, I want to mention that the last time we met with Skylar Thompson, he was asked about the running backs. Unprompted, he brought up how impressive Joe Irvin has been. So that's not just us just sitting here talking about it. Like, like he's impressed his teammates enough that, that you know, Skylar Thompson went out of his way to praise how well he's 
he's been in practice. If you would ask me which of the four running backs, freshman running freshman. backs, would, would stick out, before anyone arrived, I probably would not have picked him. Just from what Agreed. watching his film, and mm-hmm. you just can't tell. That's the beauty of recruiting. Uh, I, they're going to have to define roles in some ways for these guys. And I feel like the easiest one to do that with is probably Trotter. He'll do this and that, and he's not going to be the guy. He's not going to be, you know, third and two. He probably won't be in. Third and seven, third and eight, maybe. But maybe that role goes to Jordan Brown for a guy that can get out and catch the ball. Because running backs are going to catch the ball. You mentioned receivers, but it's going to be a whole new world here. Running backs and tight ends, we could have a game when – a tight end's the leading receiver, and the second one's a running back. Mm-hmm. Just Without a doubt, they're going to throw. They're going to throw the guys out of the backfield all the time. They're going to do everything I, because. I mean, I'll be curious to hear what you guys say about this. But looking at what K State's uh, roster is and what's going to be on the field, I think one of the things Courtney Messingham has to do this year is keep the other guy guessing, keep the defensive coordinator for the other team on his on his heels because. K-State's going to throw a lot of different things at the opponent. Are they ready to do that in terms of now? spring football followed by fall camp? I have my doubts just because they're so thin at tight end at fullback. I don't. I, I think they I'd were say better not, off with what they had at North Dakota State last year than the personnel they it's have. Crazy. Right I'd say not now, but by the time they go to Starkville, they'll be a lot further along. Okay, so. I think they'll have to be. I'm like a trained monkey, and um, my monkey – trainer has been Bill Snyder. So I I see a world of football kind of through his training. Mm-hmm. That tells me when you go to Starkville, Jordan Brown will play, you know, will get five carries a game in the first two games, and then he'll get 25 in Starkville. You know, we're not going to show him. We're not going to show him. Here he is. We're throwing to him. We're running him. We're using him in motion. Does, Matt, do these rules even apply anymore? Nope. Uh, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> How do I deal with this? After all those years, it's time to adjust. Oh man, it's gonna that. Those are the things that make this most fun for me. You might be able to actually believe what you see. That kind of deal. I won't be able to call the plays when they walk onto right. the field. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. See, I yeah. think when we get to Saturday, I'm, it's funny that you said that because I had this discussion already today. I think the fans. Whether or not it's a, it's going to be a sellout, but the fans are going to be amped up on Saturday, but they're going to have no idea what to expect. There's going to be a nervous energy in Bill Snyder Family Stadium because they have no idea what's coming. I mean, guys, I wasn't here for this. Obviously, it's a long time ago. But how does this compare to to Prince? The, the feeling of it heading into the first game of a non-Snyder coaching tenure. Uh, you know, Prince was one of those guys that it, it felt good at first. Um, but early on, y'all kind of were like, uh, this guy's a little different. This is weird. When we saw the assistant coaches being run in practice, we knew there was something going on in Ron Prince's head that doesn't go on in other head coaches' heads. And when he would not refer to an opponent on the other team by name and would only say their number. It's just, there were strange things from the start. Mm. I don't know. This feels comfortable. These guys are good to work with. And, they, you know, for the most part, they've proven themselves, but they're good to work with, aren't they, Kellis? They, they don't avoid you. They they let you do your job. Yeah. They're a nice crew. I it, like it's them. It's good. 
Looks good. I've got a nice crew with me. This is the Powercat Insiders Podcast. <laughs> what a transition. We are going to take a brief break right now, and we will be right back. Stay locked in. The Powercat Podcast will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat Insiders Podcast, brought to you by Commerce Bank. Matt Walters, Brian Black, Kellis Robinette, sitting around a table with me. Appreciate the invite to be a, a part of this. And uh, we appreciate Commerce Bank uh, letting you be a part of this. They let you out of the office to do this. Yes. See how long that happens. <laughs> no, it's it's awesome. I, I'm, um, we're all jacked up for the football season, and we'll see how things transpire uh, starting on Saturday. Yeah, I yeah. Guys, I, I, I might just show up because I feel like everything's going to be different. The music's going to be different. The come out of the tunnel. The band, I'm told, will be doing a little bit different things. They won't be on the field for the team coming on, or at least not in tunnel form. It's just going to be a whole new world. I should break into song right now. <laughs> Let's not do that. Let's have you do a little read here. Commerce Bank has the technology and the people to help with whatever financial challenges come your way. Commerce Bank, challenge accepted. Does this team have a go-to receiver? I'm not sure. There's some candidates. Yeah, Define I, what you I'm mean. not ready to proclaim one right now. Define yeah. what you mean. And there's the reason I'm asking this. Define what you mean by go-to wide receiver. Uh, I'm not thinking... Tyreek Hill. Then it's know. Dalton Schoen, because that's why I'm that's thinking why I'm Byron Pringle. It's third and seven, go run an eight yard pattern, make sure you're opening and catch the ball. Yeah, uh, that, that guy could probably be Schoen. I, I, I will answer it this way Schoen is the most uh, experienced and dependable uh, proven option, but, by, and, but they don't have a go to guy as it stands right now. I will say by the end of the season, Malik Knowles will be that guy. I, I hope sooner rather than later. Well, uh, well it can be, I mean, you almost have to yeah. have sooner rather than yeah. later. Yeah. You, 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 to have an effect of passing him, you got to have someone that, oh boy, he touched the ball. You know, what are we going to do here? You got to make a defense worry. Dalton Schoen, bless his heart. I'm a defense coordinator. I'm like, okay, he's good. Mm-hmm. He's good. And he'll pick up some yards and everything. But mm-hmm. for the most yeah. part, he's not going to do something hyper athletic that we need to worry about bracketing him or. Doing yeah, you don't have to game numbers. plan for Dalton. Schoen. Don't have to double cover him. Yeah. You don't have. He's not going to get by a lot of corners, but 
he's the go-to guy in my estimation because he's going to catch it. He's going to run the right route. But he's the he's the steady Eddie. He's not mm-hmm. the Quincy Morgan. He's not the James Terry. He's not the Byron Pringle. He's not Jordy Nelson. But right now, he is your go-to guy. K-State needs Malik Knowles or you know Shabastin Taylor to step up and do some of that. We'll see about Joaquin Gill. He's not really played in yeah. meaningful moments like this at that position. I think Sean leads the team in receptions. I'm pretty interesting. I'm pretty. Uh, you mean for the year? Con- yeah, I'm pretty confident in that. But like, in terms of like big plays, yeah, I think it'll probably be more like a Viking Gill kind of guy. Maybe maybe Knowles. I- I'm really hoping for young blood. I I want him to be good. Is that because you wrote a story about him? Uh, well, we tend I to think, do that in this business. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, the way people talk about him, if he's yeah, even anywhere near as good as they think he could be, then that's then he could be the game breaker. Um, but I, I do just worry. I mean, as as small and young as he is, how much does he really touch it? I don't know if he's quite in the go-to caliber yet. Well, one thing I want to bring up about Knowles, and, and this isn't some over-the-top crazy stat, but but it's something that my my new writer Sean Collins wrote in the story for our preseason tab was that uh, Knowles finished last year with ten catches, and you know he took the red shirt with the four games. But that was the first time a true freshman receiver at K State had got double digit receptions in a season since Tyler Lockett. So that's amazing. Well, that's Bill Snyder. I mean, <laughs> and the rule changes everything. And I feel yeah, like Don Knowles would have probably passed Lockett if they had just played him last season. I, I'm still not sure why they said you have to just play four games. They should have started him game one. <laughs> I'm with bad, you. That was well, a very bad choice. For yeah. Staff. yeah. I'm with you. And then they came down to game five. Well, it was a game 12 on the schedule. And he's like, no, Do no, I'm not burning a whole year for it. Yeah, yep. yeah, so they, they kind of put themselves in the box. And honestly, that, that new rule is almost like a science. Someone's going to have to really study this mm-hmm. because you want to play guys. You want to get them in. You, ideally, on Saturday, you're up three touchdowns, four touchdowns the second half, and you play a bunch of guys. That's That's the old school idea, but now you can play some freshmen in there. Or do you just save them for the end of the year when you get you know six games in? You've got an injury. We're going to pick these four games for you. It's it's going to be really difficult to manage that. Not that this is how it is, but if you have candidates for play four games in redshirt, I would break it down as you play guys one game in the first third and so forth as the season goes along. Interesting. That's that's very interesting because I think there are guys that that you play against. Nichols or Bowling Green, but you're not going to play them against Mississippi State. And then you give them a little taste of Big 12 play, whether it's in Stillwater to open things up at the end of September and as the season goes along. I don't know that you'll see guys that don't play in the first seven or eight games, but then play in the last four. Who knows? I'm personally not a huge fan of redshirting. I would just play the guys. Everyone gets injured anymore. No matter how many times they change the rule, Half the guys seemingly get an injury that could end up to a medical hardship. They really do. And I and I believe that the NCAA has been too lax with programs that have redshirted a guy by option, and then he has another injury giving him back the year. I don't know. That's just me. See, I, I like the rule, though. I think, I mean, Kelly, to your point, I mean, it, there are certain guys they come in, and you know, day one, they're true freshmen. They're going to be playing. They're going to be a major contributor. I think it's just great for the guys who you're like, well, maybe he's not ready for a significant role on our team, but maybe he plays a big role in one game for you, and then that next season, 
think about he's now got that experience of like having actually done something in a live game versus coming out as a redshirt freshman having never seen the field. Well, I think we can probably agree, at least maybe, that if one freshman is going to burn his year, it's going to be Joe Irvin. they got to get someone ready for 2020 to be at least the head of the committee if they're going to have another committee because they'll have Trotter back, but they lose the two transfers. Oh, that's a great point. I mean, point. everyone keeps asking which freshmen are going to play more than four. I think yeah. if, if it's Irvin's really that good, it'll probably be him. They'll just get him ready for next year. So let me ask you guys this, not to take your role away as Do it. leader of this group. Who has more carries, Irvin or Trotter? Trotter. You really? I, I would I say. I think without a doubt it's Irvin. I think it might oh. be Irvin. Now, I think Trotter might end up with more snaps. But I think it might be uh, he's going to have a few more catches. I'm going to say, I'm going to, okay, I hope you're not going to get bad. I'm going to kind of cheat here. Trotter will have more touches between carries and receptions. Irvin will have more total carries. That's what I'm saying. I, that's kind of a cheating answer. But. No, because I, I think they're going to keep it fairly simple for him. Irvin, you, you know, things that he's familiar with, and I don't know about, maybe he caught the ball a lot, but... In this system, this is you're going to run through this gap. You're going to do this. You're going to, when he's in the game, he's probably going to touch the ball because he's a freshman. You don't want him protecting Skyler. You didn't do that much in high school. Or if you did, it wasn't a Texas defensive end you were being asked to pick up or a blitzing linebacker. It, it was, you know, a 150-pound guy named Chad <laughs> that you were blocking, and that was pretty easy. Chad's always easy to block, so it's a whole different world. Also, I want to I ask you guys, did you know that it is legal in football to throw the ball to the tight end? I was not familiar that, that, with that. That is foreign to me. Yeah. Uh, you're, We're going to see I've that a lot. before. I, yep. I just thought it was, you know, like the time they threw it to Dalton Reisner, and they said, well, you can't do that. Yep. I thought, thought that was only an NFL thing. Yeah, uh, and that's exactly it. This is more of an NFL offense in college. This is interesting to me. This kind of turns it back around. The NFL is adopting college philosophies. Well, this, these guys are saying, and really the conference right now is saying, if you look around the conference and who's been hired, we're, we're going to run the ball. We're Enough of the spread. Nobody's winning you know, at the level you really want to win at with the spread. It looks good, but you lose games. Let's run the ball. They're going to run the ball. They're going to throw the tight end. They're going to throw the running backs. I think Nick Leonard's might have a big year and, if he's the guy. And the guys that are classified as tight end, you're going to see them line up all over the place. Not just the traditional right outside the tackle. They'll be split. They're going to wind up in the backfield. They're going to be all over the place. Uh, with Adam Harder gone for the year, I think Nick Leonard's, if they come out in tight end and fullback on the first play, I think Nick Leonard's will be the fullback and Gammons will yeah. be the. He really could. It, I mean, it'll it'll look just like an NFL setup when they line up and they have, you know, they line up in one mock formation and then they shift. You'll see two formations on just about every play. They're going to move that much, and that's why they like having their tight ends and fullbacks interchangeable so that they move them around. They can do that. And and I am excited to see what Leonard's can do because we really didn't get to see anything of him last oh, year. Poor kid. His that, little brother broke his leg in the first game too of high school. Wow. Oh, so the, the family had a brief football season. Um, I know spring games don't mean anything, but remember that Sammy Wheeler had a big spring game. And he's bigger end. and stronger, I'm told. That he really made progress over the summer. Because he's, he's, you know, converting from quarterback to tight end, unless you're Blake Bell. Is that the right Bell? Yeah. Uh, there's, so, there's, there's so many of them. Um, that, you know, you're not typically built that way. Now, John Holcomb could probably make that conversion because yeah. he's 
looks like a defensive tackle who can dunk. That's that's wrong. Defensive end that can dunk. Let's let's talk about the defense. We talk about freshmen who might uh, have to play. Man, they're one injury away in the back seven. You know, linebacker, you know, corner, where they might have to start looking at freshmen. Who that is? I mean, Duke. Maybe I don't. It's going to be really interesting. But that linebacker spot, Matt, is a concern. The minute Justin Hughes got hurt, yeah, it it changed things immensely. You know, Elijah Sullivan's got to stay healthy. Um, right now, you know, Fletcher has not been healthy. They've got their work cut out for them. The coaching staff does to, I think, smoke and mirrors that position together and keep it duct taped uh, together all year long. I guarantee on the recruiting trail, yeah, that's one of the spots they've got to go land a, a horse next year. Well, I get the sense of that spot because he's a guy that they've talked so much about literally being able to play anywhere on the field is that's where you'll see Eric Gallen kind of stay most often, you know, if, if the depth chart stays as thin as that, as thin as it is at linebacker at, at the moment, especially until Fletcher gets back after game two is what I guess we're expecting at this point. Well, I clamored for Eric Gallen last year to play, and then I saw him play, and I clamored for him not to play. Ah. <laughs> uh, he he just has done New happen. year, new me. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he's say that advanced. What would you say? I said new year, new me. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I am kind of excited to see Daniel Green. Exactly. I mean, me they've too. at least, you know, it sounds like he's doing pretty good. And my question here, has he really made a substantial breakthrough, or is he just awesome compared to what else they have? I'm, I'm a little worried it's that. Uh, he just looks better than everything else they've got there. And because they, I've, I get the feeling there's only, like, one legitimate – you know, like ready to go linebacker right now, and that's Sullivan. Right, and, and everybody else is there, just kind of saying, "Well, let's." What about Patton? He wasn't that good last year. He huh? was. Daquan uh, Patton's the kind of guy that'll make that big play look really good, but then when you break down film, you're like, "What the hell are you doing? Where Where are you at on this play?" And I think they've seen that too. I, and and Scotty Hazelton kind of touched on that. I think that he's just kind of a mystery. I'm he worried about linebacker. He looks like he should be amazing. I yeah. Mean, wow. He's got the body for it. The other spot I'm a little bit worried about is nickel. I don't think Drew McPherson settled in there. I don't think they have really at nickel what they want. I think they want a bigger, more physical guy there than what we've seen in the past, the David Garretts of the world, the Walter Neals. Yeah, I think in like linebacker, I think they've got to use smoke and mirrors in some ways. Right. To not uh, to survive. This so, year. so smoke and mirrors throughout the middle of the defense, <laughs> which you don't <laughs> want to say. Great. And I think I think Hazelton's going to coach them up, but you're going to have that's what's so weird about what this defense could look like is you've got a really good front unit, and remember it wasn't that long ago we people clamored for it. we talked about case that gets no pressure on the quarterback. Well, that may be the unit that has to play the best this year because the back seven are going to be. Yeah, let's let's see. AJ Parker is your lead corner, right? That alone worries me. And you know, guys mature. I remember Dante Barnett was okay, okay, and then really good. So maybe AJ's ready to make that breakthrough. Maybe different coaching. He'll pick up something different, hearing a different voice, you know, and apply it to what he had in the past. And um, you know that that certainly happened in basketball. And Bruce Weber came in. He had some really good players, but the way. What he added to what they already carried won a Big 12 championship. So maybe we'll see that on the back end. Again, they can't have injuries on that back end. That, 
You know, Denzel Goolsby, Wayne Jones, those guys can't get hurt. At least I don't think so. We don't talk much about special teams. Our, I'm a little worried about special teams. I'm so used to having special teams drilled into my head by the previous tenure. You know that guy. Um, we watched it win a lot of games. Watched it win a lot of games. Not last year, though. <laughs> True. <laughs> no, not last year. That, lost that, that ga- is lost one thing. Games. That is one thing I'll say to people who say that they're worried that special teams is going to fall off a cliff this year. It was not well regarded last year. Well, but that, but that was the without special that wasn't teams. The norm. Without special teams, that's a four-win team and a loss to South Dakota. Special teams, Zuber, saved them yep. in that game. And then it stopped. That was it. That's all we saw. They're going to have to make plays in special teams. Phillip Brooks, the guy, return. I, he's almost going to be like a dedicated returner. Yeah. I'm actually excited to see what they do on special teams just because I think they're going to put a lot of these athletic freshmen who we see out here in practice so they don't necessarily have a spot for an offense or defense. I think that's where they're going to play. And we haven't seen that a whole ton, true freshmen playing on special teams. I think that might actually raise the talent level a little bit. But you're right. I, I do think – I do worry maybe there might be some fundamentals lost there. It'll be it'll be interesting to see because, I mean, Bill Snyder, obviously, if there was like one mistake on special teams, this whole day was ruined. He, he couldn't leave the field happy, and Klein was a little bit different. I think he's okay with, you know, special teams just kind of floating by. But we'll see. Is, is it because Kleiman's son doesn't coach special teams? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Well, possibly. I mean, just, I mean that, po- just throwing that out there. Po- well, but he would get upset about it, but not upset at him. Anyhow, uh, I'm just – again, this goes back to the storyline. What the hell are we going to see? I'm just – Matt Walters, I haven't been this excited about K-State football in a long time. And I'm old and grumpy. It's going to be different. I'm old and grumpy. It's going to be different. I mean, if you've you've watched anything of North Dakota State the last few years, you may have a little bit of an idea, but it's not like that's burned in your brain unless you're just a ridiculous football junkie or you cover it for a living. But it's, yeah, it's, you have no idea what's coming. I almost feel like, guys, I've got a better definition in my little brain of what offense will be because I understand what they're going to try to accomplish than what Scotty Hazleton and defense will be. I love the idea of lining up and attacking Kellis, but in the Big 12, they can pull down your pants real fast and expose you. If you take they, a chance, it doesn't work. They can, and uh, yeah, especially with all the RPOs and everything. It, I wonder just how, when they say they're going to be more aggressive, I do wonder, you know, is it going to be when Wyatt Hubert and Reggie Walker on the field, their only goal is to sack the quarterback? Because uh, that probably can't be it, like you said. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you. I, I feel like I got a really good sense of what the offense is going to be looking at North Dakota State last year, but the defense is a little bit of a mystery. Um, I guess, yeah, that's where I'm looking a little bit more intrigued with what I'll see on yeah. Saturday. It will be nice to see corners that press the wide receivers. Yeah. Unless they, unless they get burned. <laughs> unless, unless the receivers from Nickel State run right past them. Yeah. I'm just, hey, I didn't say anything about that. I just said it's going to be nice to see the corners be at the line of scrimmage right in front of the wide receivers. The one I, thing you know. I've seen that to, for a long time. I'm looking time. forward to no more jet package, too. I was done with that thing for about three years. Guys, correct me if I'm wrong. I guess the person on defense I'm most interested in seeing to see maybe where he's grown from the end of last season to now is Wyatt Huber. Yeah. Just because it seems like maybe of anybody on the team outside of Skyler, I feel like we've we've heard about him every single media availability, uh, including, you know, Big 12 media days during the spring. It just seems like everybody is raving about him. And I'm just like, 
is that like to to your guys' point from earlier? Is that too good to be true, or is it actually real gains that we're going to see come game days? Oh, oh I think it's real. Look at his hair. Real. Look at his hair. Yeah. The, oh, that, exactly. You got to say no to Love that. The hair. I mean, he looks like a guy that went from you know riding a Schwinn to practice to a Harley. <laughs> <laughs> he's evolved a into a different apple person. Green bike. Yeah, he, he borrowed a little apple green bike, get to practice, and now he's got a, a hog. I <laughs> I will say on defense, Daquan Patton and Daniel Green. Because Daniel Green was pretty highly touted a couple of years ago, had Amen. the academic trouble. Well, son, here's your here's your opportunity with a different coaching staff now. So let's see. Those are just those are the two guys I'm mo- most intrigued to see. But I think no, I, you brought up he's going to be his hair literally is going to be on fire. For his sake, I hope not. Yeah. Like well, Michael Jackson, Pepsi commercial. Yeah, that'd be bad. That's a bad thing. I, we talk about an offense about Jordan Brown could break through. If Daniel Green makes a breakthrough and steps up, he will displace Daquan Patton. I agree. Daquan is all airport team. Man, he looks good walking through the terminal, but sometimes he, yeah, what are you doing, man? How many total points a game will this defense give up over the course of the year? I just – you know what makes it? Just shoot the arrow. At the end of the year, at the end of November, how many points per game will this defense have allowed? Ooh. For me, what makes 31. it difficult is 31? 31 is the offenses in this say. conference wow. are going to change. Texas Tech's going to be different. West Virginia will be a little bit different just because I don't think they have the weapons. Baylor's going to go more running. I love Alex Delton, K-State one of my favorite be, kids. K-State but if he's, be slow too. If he's a TCU down. quarterback, their points will go down. I'll say 26 and a half. I was going to say 27. That's where I'd be. Well, I guess I, I went. But <laughs> you, you bring an interesting point. I think, I think 30 is the magic number. If, if you're. For what, six and six? or Yeah. It, can this team offensively average 30 plus? Mm. 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 Probably not. So now. Seems like a big ask. Yeah. Six and six. If six and six is the goal. Get that extra practice, get to a bowl. It's it's a kind of a weird thing. You have to score more points in a game than your <laughs> opponent to win, but you yeah. don't have to score more points over the course of the season yep. to win more games. Mm-hmm. Because Oklahoma could beat you fifty four to nothing and screw up all your stats. Yeah. Which might happen. This has been fun, guys. Yeah. Appreciate it. That's it? That's it. We're already done? Yeah, man. We're, he, he's got stuff to do. He's been looking at his watch the whole time. We all have well, stuff I'm, to I'm do. I'm just hoping that depth chart comes through, but no. no. R- Riley hasn't scooped us yet. Yeah. Maybe like, I don't have things to do. Like, you get to me. Like, Kellis is the only one in the room who has things to do. Uh, well, no. He doesn't have to man the staff. He doesn't <laughs> no. have to lay out a paper. He just, geez. Ryan I mean, I'm not does. trying to get defensive here. Ryan but probably just, does have more on his docket. Yeah, I'd say I do. But I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> Matt, you can tell the boss that you had the podcast took two hours. Oh, they're going to listen. I could. <laughs> Crap. I yeah. won't. And Matt has a job so important he's got a name tag. So That's I mean, right. That's no. been helpful to me. It's kind of right. like having <laughs> WTC Gig Pirate Studios on the wall. I won't forget your name. Thank you. I could never forget your name. We've been doing this together for, what, 30 years? Oh. Forever. I, now I could break into Reunited. Forever. Please don't. That's I'm about to be much. 30, guys. Can you really? Yeah. What? I'm about to be 30. I'm about to be 49. <sighs> Gus? Uh, okay. 36, not closing in on 37. So You guys just stop there? Yeah, That's I'm, not just, yeah I'm done aging. <laughs> My hair is going to start growing back tomorrow, too. 55. Good luck with that. <laughs> good, good luck with that. 
Thanks for listening. This has been the PowerCat Insiders Podcast, sponsored by Commerce Bank, every Monday at GoPowerCat.com. You've been listening to the PowerCat Insiders Podcast, presented by Commerce Bank. PowerCat Podcast, all rights reserved, GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.